0: Is Dirk mad at Jameis? Is Jameis mad at Dirk? Are they mad at each other? That and a major injury in the NFL, it's going to shift the balance of power there. That's up on this edition of the Rick and Tom podcast. Thanks for listening. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Steve Versnick is our producer. Stroud kicking off the holidays, had the big Christmas party Monday night. How did that go, buddy?
1: Uh, babe, it was awesome. That's <laughs> sacred pepper. Oh, sacred oh. pepper? Let me tell you, it's sacred. It's pepper. It's sacred pepper, babe. I did well, the whole Sammy Davis thing all of a sudden. That no, that no, uh, was it was, was good. Frank it was Frank
0: and Dean and the whole uh, the whole gang there or what?
1: Who can take a sunrise, <laughs> sprinkling it with dew? You know the Barlow's can, babe. No, it was good. It was uh, you know, they do a nice job up there. If you've not been to Sacred Pepper, and this is a an, an endorsed announcement, but it's a really good restaurant up in uh, North Tampa, and it, it, it's just it was phenomenal. But
0: I've never been. What's so? What's there? Like, what's the specialty there? Like what? What do you get?
1: Well, tonight it was uh, kind of everybody got the same thing. It was, uh, they, they do a tremendous sea bass, you know, Ooh. kind of uh, crusty on the outside, like flaky melt in your mouth. I mean, this sea bass is unbelievable. I tell you what, man, it's like Sebastian <laughs> Genachowski, you know what I mean? Sea bass, when I think about sea bass, I think about sea bass, you know what I mean? And then we got, uh, we had a filet mignon. Oh, man.
0: Uh,
1: and then the dessert tray was just, I mean, they had this salt caramel, uh, pie, cake, ice cream, uh, doodle thing—it was unbelievable. So yeah, it was—it uh, was a good night, and um, you know they always do a nice job. So back from the Christmas party, but ready to talk about sports and football and baseball and whatever.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? There's not much holiday spirit over a One Buck Place. No, uh, we're a day after the Bucks' 21 to 14 or 21 24 21 loss mm-hmm. to the Lions. That dropped him to 4-9 on the season, guaranteed lead them with a losing record. And now we're talking about 10 straight years without uh, making a playoffs. That's hard to do in this league. Jeez. I know. Anyway, and that's not even the worst of it. Rick, there's still some fallout over this NFL Network report on Sunday. Some sort of rift between Dirk Hutter and quarterback Jameis Winston. Now, you asked Dirk about it again Monday. I don't think you offered up a whole lot new more, right? I mean, everything was sort of like, hey, there's no rift between me and Jameis. But this is still an issue. It, it's, people are still asking about it.
1: Of course they will, and I and I did ask him, and I said, you know, did since you just was informed about uh, this whole report, you know, prior or right before the game or after the game, before you talked to us, did you have a chance today, uh, that being Monday, uh, when I talked to him to talk to James about, it? and he
0: goes, uh, no, I don't think so. No, I mean, uh, I think we both said what we had to say, and uh, you know, uh, he and I know the truth about it, so. I don't. I don't know what else there is to talk about.
1: You know, I wrote a calm uh, analysis about how how these things get started, and really, you know, my experience is that when there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. Um, how much fire we can all debate, um, but at the end of the day, I, I think look, there's a lot of shareholders in Jameis Winston Incorporated, and don't make no mistake. You know, these guys particularly. Uh, franchise quarterbacks are corporations as much as they are anything in their brand. And when you're the number one overall pick in the draft and you're in your third year with the bucks, sometimes there are people that want to protect the brand. And we know that, you know, he's off the field. He's, he's looking under investigation, this whole Uber thing in Arizona, whatnot. But on the field, he took a hit this year um, when they start listing the, the top young gun quarterbacks, uh, Jameis Winston and, for that matter, Marcus Mariota are not one and two anymore. That's right. Um, you know, you're talking about Carson Wentz. You're talking about Jared Goff. You're talking about a lot of people um, before you get to Jameis Winston. And I, and I think that, you know, at some level, and I don't know whose camp, you know, who's putting it out. I mean, there's lots of suspects, obviously. But, you know, there is a concern uh, on behalf of the shareholders, I think, And that can include people within the Buccaneers organization as well. But there is a concern that that Jameis's brand is being dinged a little bit here, and I think that's where that stems from. But as far as those two guys are concerned, neither one of them say this is a problem. I'm telling you, I have not seen any sort of like fracturing uh, between the two of them. I think their relationship is very consistent. So we'll see how that plays out down the road because obviously they got to make a decision on Dirk Cutter. But... I don't think it's a big thing. I really now, don't.
0: See, I disagree with you on that, and I'll tell you why. Is uh, you and I get along? You, I'm going to give you this as an example. You and I get along just fine. We've had. Says who? You know, maybe we, <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> pretend for the sake of this conversation that you and I get along. Oh, this well. is
1: completely hypothetical. Okay, go.
0: <laughs> so you and I get along well. We've never mistreated one another. We seem to get along publicly, privately, all that. And you get a, an email from an anonymous source. Saying, you know what? Hey, just so you know, Rick Tom Jones doesn't like you. Just so he's he was talking some smack about you. He's, he's he doesn't like the way you you write, or he doesn't like this or that. And then you ask me about it. You come to me and say, hey, I got this email, or somebody, there's a report, somebody said that you don't like me. And I'm like, and I go, What are you talking about, man? I never said that to anyone, that's not how I feel. I'm telling you, Rick, no matter what happens, moving forward in the back of your mind, you're not going to forget that email, even though you don't know where it came from, even though I might not have done anything to you, even though I might treat you well, even though we've never had an issue. Deep down, you're going to always wonder if that email is true. And every little conversation we have from now on, you're going to dissect it and you're going to think, hmm, what did he mean by that? Now, is that a perceived slight? I can't imagine a dirt cutter sloughing this off like it's no big deal. I don't think Jameis cares because it's, Uh, Jameis doesn't come out looking bad out of this But Dirk Cutter, The walls are closing in on him He's probably going to get fired He probably feels like the whole world's against him right now And now you hear a story that your quarterback doesn't like you I I don't know how you could just put that out of your mind And say, nah, it's not true, everything's fine You know what I'm saying? Like, Does that make sense to you?
1: Well, I did get that email from you (laughs) And and I confirmed That you did send it So it has changed our relationship But aside from that Look, I know what you're talking about. This is pile on Dirk Cutter day. Dirk sure. Cutter month. Dirk Cutter and Dirk cutter has enough issues. I mean, starting with the fact that he's won four. That's right. Four games this year. Two of them, by the way, with another quarterback. Not with Jameis Winston. Right. Think about that for a second. So he's won two games all year with the franchise quarterback. So, um... Certainly, Dirk is in much more of a vulnerable position than Jameis is. And, and you're right. I mean, I would think that on some level, he's thinking, as other other coaches have thought, look, this goes back to Josh Freeman, right? You know, sure. Uh, I rigged the captain vote. Where's that coming from? The Freeman right. camp. And then, you know, it was a different situation, obviously. But, you know, Freeman is suddenly do, doing a, uh, you know, a Monday Night Football broadcast from his home talking about how he wants to be traded. I mean, these things do happen. Um, I don't think we're at Defcom 3 yet. I mean, look, when you're 4 and whatever, you're already on the ledge. It doesn't take much to push you over it. Um, so I don't know that, that they're at the point where they can't ever patch this up or it, it couldn't continue. But I will say that my experience, like just watching these two men work together for three years, I haven't seen the animus that that people are sort of alleging. I have not seen or detected there being, you know, much of a of a disconnect. Um, now that can change in a day, it can change in three weeks, it can change, it can change overnight. But and I'm not in the meetings, but I I, I do think Dirk is probably more vulnerable. I I just. Look, somebody's putting this out there, and so it could be the telephone game. It could be a lot of things. I I just haven't seen it, so I don't know what what kind of a thing it is.
0: Yeah, no, I see what you're saying because there's a part of me that agrees with you in that when we talked to Jameis about it after Sunday's game, he made a statement that I I think – that I believe that he believes, which is... I'm a
1: strong believer in coaches coach and players play. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think Jameis has always gone by that. I think he's... It doesn't mean he doesn't disagree with coaches from time to time, but he right. does seem to to understand the dynamics of how a football team is supposed to work. That a coach coach co- a coach coaches in a player place. That doesn't mean there's somebody within his camp that feels the same way. and oh, That's no. what we're talking about. Yeah. And... Uh, and and I you know and I'll take it back too where I say Jameis doesn't look bad in a situation because if Dirt Cutter ends up getting fired, people could eventually say well, oh, Jameis Jameis Winston's a coach killer. I mean that could ultimately happen as well if sure. if you know if people believe that and also he doesn't play well. So I, he's I, his I third should, head
1: coach right?
0: Yeah, I probably shouldn't say that he's not a coach killer. He, and I'm not saying he's when, when I say coach killer. I mean you think of people who. Purposely go out and get coach like Magic Johnson getting somebody fired, or, you know, back in the yeah. day, Paul Westhead, or, or LeBron James getting somebody fired. It's, I don't, I don't say, I don't think he's like working the Glazers behind the scenes, going, we got to get this guy out of here, or Jason Light behind the scenes. But what, but if this, if this story. Uh, the story has a little bit of legs. I think people, people, no one's saying that Ian Rappaport is making this stuff up. Now, you know, could it be that another player said, the, the, "Yeah, I don't think that uh, Dirk and James get along so well." Maybe it's they're making more out of it than than there really is. I don't know, but I'm just saying. If I'm Dirk Cutter, I, I'm looking over both shoulders now, anyway, these days, because it feels like you know you're waiting for a pink slip to be handed to you, and you probably like you said, it's 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 pile on Dirk Cutter month and week and day. I think so. And, yeah, and I'm and I'm sure that you know this latest Jameis story. He can sit there and say all he wants and, oh, I know what the real truth is. It's got to impact him in some way. I don't know it's going to matter anyway, though, Rick. It's going to be, he's going to have a hard time saving his job. But um, you know, and Jameis Winston, I think Jameis is a big guy on hey, I'll let owners own too. So if they want to make a decision, you know he they're they're going to fire Dirk whether Jameis agrees with it or not. I don't think Jameis is in a position or feels like he should be a guy who can step in and say. Here's what you need to do, either fire him or not fire him. I don't think Jameis will play that role, do you? Eh,
1: You know, I don't know that they're going to ask him, but I will say that if you can can make the narrative that, um, look, we know one thing, and this is what I do know. Jameis Winston will be back as their quarterback next season. Now, whether he's suspended or not, that remains to be seen. Right. I know this. Jameis Winston is going to be their quarterback next year. He's going to be their starting quarterback. And he's going to be their franchise quarterback. I don't know who's going to coach him. Yeah. So if you if you look at that dynamic and 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 Dirk Cutter literally doesn't know if he's back next year. You know he's under contract. He won't know. Uh, so from that standpoint, it's like you know Jameis. I mean Jameis has a lot. You know you like I said, the guy is four and nine right now, and it could be four and twelve. It could be five and eleven. It could be whatever. But we know Jameis is coming back, regardless mm-hmm. of what the record is. So if you have a coach who's wobbly, who's on the ledge, and you want to make the narrative, and we've talked about this. this, this could be in the Jameis camp, it could be in the in the Bucks camp, it could be anywhere, and you want to make sure that you know what he needs to go not because of the record, not but that the quarterback in him are they, there's a thing, there's something. Yeah. He's not progressing. There's there's the two of them can't work together. That assures you that you're gonna have a change. And I don't know who that benefits per se. Mm -hmm. You know, but there might be people in Jameis's camp that feel like he did you wrong. And whether Jameis feels that way or not doesn't matter. That is out there now and that's not going away. And no matter what happens, whether he stays, dark cutter or goes, people will be looking. Look, we've talked about this, Tom, before the coach quarterback relationship in the NFL is one oh, yeah. of the is one of the most unbelievably fragile relationships in all of sports. I can't think of, it's not a manager and a pitcher, it's not a no. a basketball coach and a superstar. I can't think of another relationship that is more vital to its success than those two guys.
0: No, absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. And as far as you know, what complaints that Jameis might have about Dirk Cutter. Now, if you want to get into the offense and the predictability of it, or he's not putting me in a position where I can win, there may be something to that. And I don't know what's been said privately between the two of them. We obviously aren't uh, exposed to any of that. However, I will say this. The whole thing about James not or Dirk not having Jameis's back during the injury. I never sensed that at all. There was there was never a moment. Maybe you saw something that I didn't, Rick. But there was never a moment where Dirk said something where my ears pricked up and I thought, "Huh, that's odd. It sounds like he wants Jameis out there and Jameis is refusing to go." Or, or there was never the thought in my mind that that Dirk didn't think Jameis was hurt. You know, all along it looked like Dirk was like, "Look, it's up to the medical people here. I don't know." I, I there was never this sort of. Accusation that Jameis didn't want to play, and if anything, if anything, it almost seemed like Jameis wanted to play, and Dirk was not letting him play. You know, because of uh, because he didn't want to to get hurt worse, or he didn't have medical clearance. But I never got the sense that Cutter didn't have Winston's back on the injury front.
1: Um, let me say this about about that. I I think that you could make a case. That during the time that he played after the injury in Arizona, they're down 24 to nothing. They take take him out of the game. Fitzpatrick finishes up damn near, pulls out the game.
0: Right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um,
1: and then the next week, Jameis doesn't practice at all until Friday, which is not really a practice. And he goes to Buffalo, has a bad first half. They don't finish drives, has a great second half. That was the outlier. They take the lead with three minutes to go. They lose the game. After he took a hit in Buffalo, he took yeah. a hit the next week. Took a hit the next week. All Dirk Cutter would say, with respect to James, was that doctors have cleared him to play, and he is no, in no more danger of injuring himself than if he was okay. Right, and therefore players play. Players are clear to play. That's not my decision. As soon as the doctor says he can play, he's playing. And that Jameis wants to play. I didn't hear any excuses for Jameis. I didn't hear any, you know what, the guy's a – now, this is from Dirk now. Yeah, yeah. He did say he has a high tolerance for pain. He said all those things. Jameis wants to play. Jameis is a tough guy. Jameis is one of the toughest guys I know. He did say that. But I'm just wondering, like, if, you know, when things did not go well – after that Buffalo game and even even during it, and then the three games after that when they didn't score many points, you didn't hear Dirk Cutter make excuses for him. You didn't hear Dirk Cutter say, look, this guy, we probably shouldn't have played him. This guy's being a warrior. He's doing everything he can. He's not the reason we're losing. I mean, you didn't hear him go overboard. And I'm just right. wondering if there's people in James's camp, especially when Ryan Fitzpatrick takes over against the Jets, and didn't play great. They win the game. Right Then goes to Miami. They win the game. And now it's about, wow, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, not that he's the answer, but, man, you can kind of see how the the experience, yeah. he doesn't <laughs> turn a ball over. Like, I can see how that would annoy people, maybe even Jameis himself. Like, you know, all of a sudden, hey, I was out there, you know, gutting it out, and we're giving credit to a guy that is healthy, that, you know, is sort of paint by the numbers quarterback, what about me? You know, right. like, what yeah. about the effort I just put out? So I, I think there probably was some, you know, could, 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 could he have been more effusive about Jameis's effort to get out there and play? And 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 try to help them win.
0: Yeah, he could have been. I'll play devil's advocate on this. Just to, and sure. I'm not because I'm not disagreeing with you because I understand where you're coming from on this. I play, don't know that I'm right about right, this. I'm no, just throwing I, it no, out, you're there. out there. Throwing out there is a theory on what it might be perceived by some what people. Like other people, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right. But let me just play devil's advocate and say this: the dirt cutter, Dirk cutter to me is a typical football coach. Like he's he is the, he is the stereotypical football coach. <laughs> he is. And he really is, and I, th- I don't mean that in a negative way. But no, it's true. They're all like that. They're all crazy. Yeah. But they deal in absolutes. <laughs> and when it comes to players and injuries, I think right. the football coaches have, you're one of two things. You're either available or you're not available. <laughs> that's and that's so all true. there is to it, you know? That's and if so and if you're true. available, I, then I'm not gonna, I don't want to hear about you hurt. You know, if you're either playing sure. or you're not playing. And so I wonder if Dirk that that's sort of the way Dirk Cutter looks at it. Like, hey, if he's healthy enough to be out there, he's healthy enough to play, that's to, right. to go out and do what he's supposed to do. So, uh, so and, although you're, you're, I mean, you're right. There, there probably were some times where, and maybe there were. I don't know. I, I'm. You're right. I'm trying to remember if there were times where he said, uh, you know, we got to remember we're playing with a quarterback that that struggled a little bit, or he's not." Never 100% said it percent. Never, never said. He never. It. Uh, anyway, it'll continue to be a story as uh, as time rolls along here, and we'll certainly uh, hit it more. Bucks are going to be off on Tuesday and Wednesday. It's an extra. It's a weird week because they have a Monday night game. Of course, John Gruden week. We'll talk about that as uh, as we move further on later on in the week. Uh, Rick, a big injury in the NFL. Speaking of injuries, big injury. Carson Wentz, Eagles quarterback. He's out for the year. I thought the Eagles were the best team in the NFC. I know there were some some uh, you can get. You, there are some other teams out there you can make the case for, but I thought the Eagles were better than the Vikings kings at this point better than new orleans better than the rams but not without wentz and i and i look i thought wentz was going to be the mvp if he kept on playing this season i just don't see them getting to the super bowl it, not, they got nick Foles. you can do a lot worse than nick Foles. he had a pretty good season a couple of years ago when chip kelly first got to philadelphia although i wonder how much of that was sort of chip kelly's gimmicky offense and fooled everybody for a year um i don't know that Foles is necessarily the same that same quarterback but he's not horrible I, I just don't. I'm. I'm selling. I'm not buying the idea that Nick Foles can go into Minnesota, or go into the Superdome and win a playoff game. This is a horrible injury for the Eagles.
1: This is devastating for them, and this is. Uh, I, I would say it's on the same level as Derek Carr getting hurt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a really good Raiders team, and they were rolling, and then you know they they end up in the playoffs, and and they get you know they get crushed. Um, so. You're right. I mean, a, a couple of years ago, uh, Foles. I think he had 26 touchdowns, two interceptions. Something like that. Um, he's been around the block. He's back in Philly now, but you can't you can't replace what Carson Wentz meant to that team. I mean, this is you know this is the NFL. I mean, it's sort of you know you when you lose your starting quarterback um, and you're a really good team. Yeah, you know they've done the work. They're going to make the playoffs. They've won the division. They're going to get you know, home field for at least one game. But that doesn't mean you're going to win the Super Bowl. And, and, and I mean, I know, you know, Doug Peterson's preaching, hey, you know, we're a football team. Um, you know, one guy, you know, you know, next man up, all that stuff. But not the quarterback, not the guy. And the sad thing is is that, you know, there's this invincibility, I think, when you're a young player and he had thrown four touchdowns in the game and yet – Here's this big body guy trying to run the ball in the end zone. and it just goes to show you just how fragile the whole league is and the, and the position in particular that, you know, he could have his sort of John Elway moment if he wants, and then he gets sandwiched, and the next thing you know, he's got a torn ACL. So it's tragic. It's tragic. I mean, you can't underscore it. It's tragic for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I don't know how they how they progress and, and do what they would have done without him.
0: Yeah, he's the, he's the type of guy, too. Dick Foles can go back and, and stand in the pocket and make some plays. Carson Wentz, what he was really good at is, is improvising, getting outside the pocket, and making some way. An example of that was when he got hurt. He, he was actually running mm-hmm. the ball into the end zone, got called back on a holding call, which was sort of just sort of added insult to the injury. Sure. But um, but yeah, just a shame for the Eagles, and and uh, I just I just don't see them getting very far without him in the playoffs. Although you know what I, their schedule, I looked at their schedule. It's not, it's not it's not bad, extremely difficult. So they could still get home field advantage. They could. If they can get some teams to come there. And now you're talking about. I I just have a hard time imagining they could win three in a row to win the Super Bowl. But could they beat a any team? Minutes could they could could they beat Minnesota at oh, home? Sure. Yeah, sure they could. They could beat any of those teams. Who's to, so. Okay, Let so The Eagles so, were my team. You were a Saints guy, right? I mean, you were. Well, I love the Saints,
1: the Saints so. and, and and they, you know, they've kind of stubbed their toe. I would say that an NFC South team is going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. Now, and they what have, about they that? have I, the last? They have the last two years. The team that's playing the best right now, and it changes week to week, is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and the Carolina Panthers, not you know two re, two years removed from fifteen and one. Mm-hmm. They have the number one, one of the top defenses in the NFL. You know, is if Luke Keekley's playing, they're really really good. And Cam Newton, you know, coming off an injury, got off to a slow start because frankly he was he, was, he didn't have a preseason and he was you know, it took him 4 or 5 weeks to get going. Right. That that team right now is as, is playing as well as anybody in the NFC. And I just think that whoever comes out of the NFC South and wins the division and has a home game, is going to make it to the championship. That's what well, I believe.
0: I'll throw one other team out there that actually wasn't my idea. It Was your idea yesterday? Aaron Rodgers comes back with the Packers. Oh yeah, and they get into the playoffs. I don't. I don't want to play them. I'll tell you that. I don't, I don't know if they to win the Super Bowl. I don't want to play them at my place. I don't want to play. I definitely don't want to play them at their place. But I want no well, part of not, Aaron Rodgers. You're going to
1: play them on the road because they're yeah. not going to have a division championship. But uh, you're That's right. That's
0: true. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean they're going to have to go the long road, but do you want to face Aaron Rodgers even if he's taking a bunch of weeks off with the collarbone? Uh, no, right. and they're that they're that you know they're that New York Giants succeed team that winds up in the Super Bowl. They're they're that they're those guys. Now I don't think their defense is very good. They, they have a lot of holes on their team. I I don't know how strong it is, but hey, if Aaron Rodgers is dealing. I'm, I'm buying it. I mean, and it's amazing that they have, you know, the Bucks could have knocked them out forever. Oh, yeah. Um, one loss in these last two weeks, they would have been done. And here they are. They're in perfect position when A-Rodge comes back to win out and to, and to get in these playoffs. And I'm telling you, nobody wants to see those guys show up.
0: Absolutely not. Hey, one more thing before we go, Rick, on this podcast. Uh, Michael Bennett, of course, the former Bucks defensive mm-hmm. lineman now with the Seattle Seahawks. Played yesterday against Jacksonville. That game, that whole game was nasty. Both oh. teams were, you know, and it was even nastier than like the game that like, Steve Versnick, our producer, was talking about this before we started recording, that the the Steelers-Bengals game is sort of, sort of held up as, boy, that's dirty football. Although, that was all part of the game. Like those were those were blocks and hits and tackles and during and it the was, game. Yeah, yeah, it was during. It was like part of place. Like it was between the whistles. Yeah. There you um, go. Whereas this game yesterday uh, or on Sunday with between Seattle and Jacksonville, there was some dirty stuff after the whistles, and then it really broke down at the end of the game. When Michael Bennett, as the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, were in victory formation, took mm. a dive at a, at a center's knee, and he went Shiano, he, he went Shiano, he, he did go Shiano. Hey, we only, don't say the game's over until we say the game's over. That's right. If you looked at tapes at Rutgers, you'd know that Tom Coughlin. <laughs> but here's the thing: when he when he, not only did he dive at it, like he just kept he kept going too. Like even after the whistle, he kept like. He kept yeah, he going did. after the guy's niece. You know Michael Bennett, Rick. He, I guess the Seahawks nominated him for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, which is the irony of all time. But <laughs> you know now Michael Bennett will make some so, some news off the field. He's very um, very out. I shouldn't even say outspoken. I mean he stands up. For oh no, day. he's
1: outspoken. You can say <laughs> it.
0: But he stands up for what he believes in, and he's been very vocal about uh, you know race relations and um and that sort of thing but
1: being handcuffed uh, in las vegas
0: yeah. yeah right they had that incident as well but you you know michael bennett rick you covered him uh closely um what do you make of all this uh, uh, him diving at guys knees and, and then reacting poorly after the game about it as well
1: yeah I, you know what i i liked michael a lot when i covered him he was a smart guy he looked beyond you know just his playing career and and what his platform was, and I think he does a lot of interesting things that are probably constructive. This was not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not his finest moment, and he's had a few bad moments. But I don't know. It's like Michael Bennett has sort of taken on sort of this persona that's outside of who Michael Bennett is, and and he, and now it's now it's crossed over into a bad place on the field. You never want to be. That guy, I, I can't, I, I can't justify what he did. I, I don't understand exactly what he was thinking. I mean, you know, he's a provocative guy in, in what he says. And I don't understand what he's doing on the field between the, between the whistles or after the whistles. It just, it's a bad look for him. And I, I'm, I'm disappointed because I, I just don't know how that helps. Cause to me, if you, you know, if, if you're sort of that, you know that, that voice in the wilderness, and you, in your, you know, you have a platform, and you're going to use it, and it's controversial, what have you, whatever it is, and then, and then you cross the line on the field. I think it, it I think it lessens your message a little bit. I think you know, after looks, a while, yeah. people just go, "You're kind of a nut job."
0: You're you right. Know, like all, the you're out of control. Thing, the whole thing, too, Rick. About we're at, we're at a very vulnerable time. The, the NFL's at a very vulnerable time in terms of people watching oh, yeah. it, and, and you got guys with concussions. You, know, you had a situation where what Tom Savage went back into a game when he like, he was practically having a seizure on the field, and he passed concussion protocol, went back in the game. There's this idea that, boy, this is a really violent game, maybe too violent, and now mm-hmm. you have a player purposely could have really ended his career somebody. trying to yeah. hurt somebody by diving at his knees. and maybe Such a really bad think optic. A, yeah, and
1: yeah. The NFL is so. all about optics right now, and, and really none of them are good. I mean, look what... The Jacksonville, you know, situation with the fans throwing stuff and oh, yeah. you know, Seattle players, players going kind of up, go up in the in the stands. It's like, uh yeah, we can't do that. And, and and that's not to forgive what would you know, like if you could figure out who did that in, in the in you know, for Jacksonville and the fans, yeah. they should never, ever, ever, ever be allowed to attend the game again. But it's just never, you know. Again, we're dealing with optics. The NFL's had a lot of bad of them, bad ones lately. Right. And to me, Michael Bennett just kind of added to that. It's not good.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can catch us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL Stroud, at Tom W Jones. Again, our producer Steve Versnick. On uh, our next podcast, we'll be talking about the controversial Roy Moore election. No. I'm kidding. We're going to talk about Rays baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I got more important things to talk about. I got the Rays oh, are having wow. a fire. The Rays are having a fire shell over in Orlando this That's week. That's right. So we'll catch up on what might happen with the Rays in the big trade between <laughs> the Yankees and Marlins. We'll do that on our next podcast. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.